We're back with episode three of the Arrow Panel. Uh, we're live here at Zion Arcade in San Francisco. I'm your host, Buzzard. We have a special guest with us today. Hi, everybody. I'm Paul, a.k.a. Uh, Chunka, a.k.a. Dark Zuza. I'm a man of many names. Um, I've been uh, playing dance games since... I, I had to look it up. I started playing on Ultramix. Good on mix. Xbox, Good and mix. I guess Ultramix 2 came out in 2004. I guess that means I've been playing probably since 2003. That's a long time. It is It is a few years. Um, traditionally, I've been an IT2 player, and um, yeah, now I'm playing some DDR and kicking butt in that scene. So. Excellent. Perfect thing to bring up, because this episode's uh, theme is all about origins, mm -hmm. so we're talking about the first mixes in the early days, and old school DDR. Yeah, but, uh, DDR, DDR over the years. DDR yes. over the years yes. is what our episode is called. <laughs> um, go ahead, Roger, introduce yourself. I'm Roger Clark. At Roger Clark on Twitter. And, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Lloyd at Funga. I thought I thought you were doing the quick ones. Who are you? I don't know. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, take a moment to uh, crack open a cold one with the boys. If you don't mind, if you guys are ready. I already, got my, uh, I got, already, already cracked. Rides. Already cracked. You're, you're cracking. You're the one cracking. I'm cracking. Ready? Excellent. Uh, nice. Oh, nice. yeah. Got the spicy Pepsi going here. Drink of Champions, not sponsoring yes, not sponsoring the Arrow Panel yet. Not yet, but we are looking for sponsors. Looking for sponsors. If you're a, if you're a Soylent, we're really looking for Soylent. That's kind of if our PepsiCo, Mountain Dew, Pepsi Drink Co. of Gamers. Yeah, Drink of Gamers. Uh, we talked about McFlurries before. Yeah. What's we have so many potential sponsors. <laughs> yeah, I know. But none of them are Konami. <laughs> <laughs> Konami, give us a call. Yeah. yeah. Telephone operate. Uh, all right, so. <laughs> This is a special episode because we have a great guest on here. So, Paul, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what KAC was like for you. What was the experience there? You were a spectator and uh, you placed uh, fourth, right? Um, I guess I was the fifth qualifier for the global qualifier. Um, yeah, I was in the wild card spot uh, up until the last two hours of qualifying. It's a crazy story. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and, you, should, uh, you should tell more about that. So it was between you and... Yeah, so it was me and Hudson, uh, Kaze, and um, yeah, we were, I was in the wild card spot for about like a month. Yeah, you were say. there for, you were sitting pretty. I, I was sitting pretty for a while. I remember Jeff said he was pretty sure that you were going to be the wild card. Yeah. For quite a long time. And then Hudson was just like, <laughs> kicked into high gear and uh, he ended up, I think he beat me by three perfects. It was something like that, yeah. In the last like two hours of qualifying and um, he, he got it fair and square. I could have gone to the arcade and, you know, bumped up my score but he kicked some butt and hudson's good as hell he's yeah hudson is an incredible overall he can he can do everything player. yeah and that's yeah. hard like pfcing may or something like he can turn better than any of us like his ability to combo the, the ridiculous stuff is, yeah. is very impressive Was yeah. it, it's yeah. turning you said that that's his specialty one of the things yeah i guess a good thing coming from pump but yeah he has a. you're in, you were into pump too right yeah, I played Prime for a solid year. I can do some D26s, and I'm, I'm pretty decent at that game. Um, it's, it's fun. It, it was like a nice break from four panel for a while. Yeah. Um, and then once Ace came out, I've been playing that. But um, yeah, no, going from developing your skills and pump it up, it almost makes crossovers on DDR and kind of walk in the park. Yeah. Um, so for, for Hudson, who's traditionally played yeah. a lot of pump it up. But for me, more most importantly, of course, um, being a spectator and like I actually ended up going over to KAC 
uh, and just being a spectator there, even though I didn't end up being a qualifier, um, it was a great experience. I mean, the production that they put on. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, watching Jeff and Chris and Hudson all kick butt on stage, it was sweet. Um, and yeah, hopefully next year. Yeah, so I'll we'll be there next year. So oh, yeah. one of the things I wanted to ask you, because like uh, I wasn't there, but uh, the thing I keep hearing is uh, if you just watch the stream, you really couldn't get, you couldn't grasp the full experience of like, or the audience, the, the massiveness of the audience yeah. that was there. It was, it was like, it was a big crowd, right? And they were loud. Yeah. It was so, really surreal. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you go to any uh, gaming events in the United States, it's, you know, Usually you know, pretty small. Yeah, pretty small, but it's like a total different, you know, group of games. You know, you've got yeah. League and World of Warcraft and, you know, uh, first-person shooters and all sorts of stuff. And here, we're in Japan, and there's these giant crowds for rhythm games. Yeah. yeah. And Bomani games, it was like, you know, I've been to MLG events and a bunch of other events for gaming, and it's like, it's a cool feel, but being there just for, like, a Bomani event was, you just felt so at home. And it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they had like DDR on the big screen. It was, right? the, the, I can't screen. even tell you how giant that screen was. It like, was a, yeah. it was a huge screen. It was, yeah, because like watching the stream, they, they kind of really didn't show a whole lot of that. Like, yeah. They, they didn't mic up the audience, so you couldn't really hear the, the cheers from the audience yeah. or anything like that. Konami, if you're listening, show, show the scenery next time. Yeah, show, <laughs> show the scenery. I hope we get something like that in the US. That'd be yeah, amazing. It was crazy. So much fun. Get some steady cams running through the crowd. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, Coco, Ichibanya, can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I might let Jeff just do that. My, my Nichi Kokoichi. My, my Nichi Kokoichi. It's the best curry you can ever have. If you're in LA, like, I'm so jealous because you can get Kokoichi whenever you want. Um, and any time, and I'm going to make an LA trip soon, I think. And you got to start out with the level 10. It's the introductory. So, I'm not a fan of spicy, <laughs> but I just, it's, it's quality curry even if it's not spicy. Yep. Agree. And uh, it'll change your life. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, if you haven't seen uh, my my vlog thing that I made with uh, a bunch of KAC footage, you should definitely check that out. Like Paul has some great lines in there, and like it's just it was such a blast being in KAC with Paul. I think I am Chris for life too. Also, not an adventurous eater. Loved Kokoichi. Yes, we we could all decide. Like anytime we didn't know where to go, it's like Coco. It is like, <laughs> and they have great vegetarian options. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Calls for sponsors. sponsors. Yes. Sponsors. Coco, give us a call. Oh Coco man. Calls up. Uh, so anyway, you said you came from ITG mostly. Yeah. You played Pump Two. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about the like the in the groove to DDR transition. What was it like going from the competitive in the groove scene to into like DDR eight? I assume that's what you went to after ITG. Right? Yeah. Well, after you know, I, I played in the groove basically from two thousand five to you know, I still play. Um, but you know, it, it went from kind of like a score attack, you know, officials and everything kind of get progressively harder and harder and harder up to where people are playing like twenty twos and <laughs> ridiculous stamina songs and. Uh, personally, for me, it got kind of, you know, repetitive, and I, I didn't feel like the challenge was still there, the drive was still there, so I took a break for a bit, started playing Pump, and I played Prime for about a year, um, and then uh, DDRA came out, and I was like, oh man, this is like, seeing previous mixes for like 2014, 2013, and oh, yeah. like, the networking abilities that it had, I was, I was really excited, um, and so it's... It's cool going from um, from ITG to DDR because there's this like technical aspect that in the group no longer really like had for a, kind of like a main drive and focus for a lot of players. It seems um, a lot of people were just into stamina, foot speed, 
Um, and it brought back this technical aspect that I really enjoyed and I really missed. Uh, so, and also having this network rank where with ITG, it was just like, you know, machine scored um, and, you know, being able to set anybody who I want as a yeah, rival. Yeah, you know, really, so good. Yeah. It really brought back, like, you know, this old school vibe for me where I was just like, oh, I have this like, awesome competitive drive again um, and I can challenge myself in different ways. So. so, could you do us a favor? Could you tell us who your rivals are? Um, Is that private? No, I mean, I, I put up videos on occasion. Um, your videos are actually really, really good quality. Like, yeah, people should definitely check screen. out his YouTube. Yeah, check out his YouTube channel. He has not only great scores, but a really like good production on it, so you can really see everything. Oh uh, yeah, I, I'll give a shout out to Mark Hudson. On that. I think it yeah. Mark Hansen. Mark Hansen. Mark Hansen. Mark Hansen, uh, who rigged up that capture card. Uh, it's incredible. So I, I'm only doing the the basic editing and cropping in. The, it's still hard. Angles. Still, still, still really good. But yeah, no, the uh, the setup we have at Meyerkate, I'm very lucky to have it. Um, but um, what was your question again? Uh, oh, your rivals. Oh, my rivals. Yes, it's. I think right now it's just Jeff and Chris. And <laughs> uh, that um, makes sense. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good, pretty good set of three. Yeah, although I, I do want to <laughs> switch in uh, Spencer for a bit. Oh yeah, Spencer's Shout out to Spencer. He's he's doing yeah. a lot of good stuff lately. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, Spencer's so low key. Like, it's he's like it flies very under the radar. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it's like, you got five on Legend of Max X special. Like what? Yeah. That's yeah. or that's filthy. nine. Like what's even worse or better? I don't know. Is filthy a good thing? Uh, is good. yeah. It was even sick. What's even it's better? Context. I think Yabai. he has like it's Yavai. It's Yavai. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he has like nine on Max three hundred X special, which is like impossible. <laughs> Just. I, I can't even process that chart half the time. Like, getting nine on that is incredible. That's Just crazy. Absolutely I awesome. Never, I don't recall it. I, I'm pretty sure he has the world record on it with nine. Wow. Like, blew it out of the water. It's great. So you don't even have rivals, right? I've seen you play. Yeah, I don't. You're, I don't actually keep rivals. So you're just gunning for the world records. Pretty much. I'm, I have my own sort of personal goals. So yeah. if I like, I know what I can do, and so I. And like, oh, I think I can MFC this song, and so I'll just go for it. Like, it doesn't really matter what the world record is if someone already got it, or it's just like it's something I have to do. So I'm not really looking for, I'm not looking to beat other people. I'm looking to beat myself. Yeah, in that sense. That's interesting. A lot of people have different play styles. I think that it really influences your rival choice. Yeah. Roger, you want to say who your rivals are? <laughs> right now, my rivals are uh, Luke Swagman. Um, I've got who else is on there? Sappy, Sappy, and I believe is it Dalton? Yeah, Dalton. So yeah. Blue Chow, Blue Chow, all all very good players. Yes. Deltrino, Deltrino, shout out. My rivals are Dalton. Actually, I, I think the uh, the rival situation it should be like you know someone that you're a little bit better than, someone that you're really close to, and someone that's better than you. Yeah, and kind of have that that spread. That's absolutely what you should do. That, that's why I like it's kind of like narrowed down to three because it really yeah. allows you to focus. So I've got Dalton, I've got you, and my third one kind of changes a lot. I think right now it's Andy457, who's coming into town today. Yes. Yeah, we're excited to see him. Um, anyway, so let's move on a little bit, and uh, we're going to talk about news now. Uh, we got some great responses from the tournament episode. I, I really love everything that everybody said. Uh, it was really inspiring. Uh, people were really excited about the upcoming tournaments in Irvine. Yep. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Let's, I'm pumped for that. We actually, um, I forgot to add that to our little agenda thing, but yeah. uh, so August 5th, uh, actually 4th and 5th, 
where uh, there's have, there's a tournament that's happening in uh, Irvine, California, at the Dave and Buster's there. Yeah, we kind of leaked it a little bit in the last episode. But yeah, it's yeah. Official it's, now. It's now it's now finalized. The event page is out. Um, we'll tweet out links a little bit later. But uh, that should be an, a great time. I'm driving down. Yeah. I think oh, we're gonna yeah, try like, definitely going to try like go. caravanning cars down from up here from NorCal, San Francisco, yeah. down to the LA area. It's going to be a blast, I think. Yeah, we're going to listen to Eurobeat probably on the way. I, I, I drift a little bit <laughs> too hard, drift. maybe. <laughs> we're going to drift on the, on the highway. And yeah. yeah, we'll see you there. If you, guys, if you guys are going there, come say hello to everyone, us. Everyone should go. Yes. Everyone should go. Everyone yeah. should go. Yes. Paul, it's, are you going to fly in? You know what? I might have to do it. Excellent. Maybe. Maybe. That'd be crazy. I would love to see you there. <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, it was a really well-run tournament, uh, as we talked about last time. Like, yeah, it was uh, that that particular Dave and Buster's. They like really cared about it. Yeah, they had good prizes and everything. Yeah, great. It was a great show. So definitely, definitely going to show my support next time. Um, so in in uh, other tournament news, in my hometown, uh, Glendale, Arizona, there is a uh, a tournament there that seemed to go really well. Um, that so was DDRAs. That was the DDRAs tournament. Yeah, yeah. at the uh, Dave and Buster's in Glendale. Um, so I forgot to write down who the winner was. I'm sorry. So it was uh, SM Max. SM Max. That's was right. the he, winner of that? He goes by SM Max on uh, eAmusement. And uh, actually, I don't remember him from the days back when I was playing in Phoenix. But I do remember Horatio. And Horatio was the one that ran the tournament. Did a great job. Just wanted to give you a shout out. Uh, all the Arizona players are back together. And I think that's awesome. It's just exactly like what we were talking about in the last, last episode. Everyone's getting back together. The communities are thriving once again. So it's it was really awesome to see that. Uh, any other tournaments that you heard about? Uh, uh, not in the last two weeks. I if don't you think. guys have a tournament that's coming up, I just wanted to say uh, you know give us a shout out, tweet at us on Twitter, say something in the chat. We'll mention your tournament on air. Yeah, I think the there's another tournament happening at Glendale. They're going to do a second installment. Um, yeah. I think it's in the planning stages right now. I think once we'll get uh, once once they finalize the date and stuff, we'll we'll start spreading the word. Yeah, a lot of people didn't hear about this one because it was a little. Um, Came, came a little quickly. It was kind so, of ad hoc. It was just hoc, like yeah. people decided, oh, this would be a cool day to run a tournament. And so, but, yeah, we didn't get a chance to, to spread the word. But. Yeah, but it was a success. So yeah. I think uh, it's there's definitely going to be another one. Yeah. And, and to talk further about tournaments, there's probably going to be something happening here soon or maybe in the Sacramento area. Something mm -hmm. like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you, if you live in the Bay Area, Sacramento tournament coming up probably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. Excellent. Who's running that? I don't know. Not sure yet. Hmm. Seedlings. We'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Um, so in other DDR news, uh, challenge charts gone with the amusement. Yeah, without without, amusement. Without, yeah. So we, we actually so. missed this from last uh, the last episode. This was a change they made very close to that last episode, where essentially uh, if you're not using an e amusement card, you don't get access to the challenge only charts. So those include all of the like group like the dead end groove radar special, all of like the the radar specials. So the voltage and chaos specials. Yeah. Um, plus all of the uh, like from nonstop Mega Mix songs from Max, from Max Two, yeah, exactly. So something like Sexy Planet from nonstop Mega Mix or um, Afronova or Ecstasy, Midnight Blue Mix, whatever. So um, a lot of people were confused about this, I think, and so I kind of wanted to give context uh, around it. I think the reason that Konami did it was uh, a lot of times players would accidentally pick. Uh, a like they heard a song and they're like like Dead End and they're like oh I love Dead End <laughs> I don't I don't know who's saying that but well, we, we were just talking about that right yeah. there's a lot of old school players Dead yeah, yeah. or it's like AM three P or B for you or whatever yeah. and you're scrolling through folders you haven't played in a while you don't even know what Supernova yeah it's a new game to you so you're all of a, you're like oh cool I want to play B for you and then turns out you pick the Voltage special and that only has challenge chart yeah and yeah. you <laughs> fail immediately and that's not fun at all right no. so. Um, 
and one thing people have always been suggesting is like, well, why don't you just make the challenge charts of the original song, the like the the voltage special or whatever. Yeah. The only problem with that is that uh, stuff like Dead End Groove Radar Special has different. Uh, like a different chart skeleton, like it speeds up and has stops and stuff that the original doesn't. So they would have to like code a new way to do that, which they yeah. don't. The engine probably just I, doesn't I support it. I think this solution is a, it's, yeah. it's a pretty good one because yeah, yeah. if you're a serious player, you're going to have an e amusement card. Yeah. And the serious players are going to be the ones playing challenge charts. Yes. Yeah. And the people who don't know what they're doing, they don't need to see that. Exactly. It's yeah. actually one of the things I like about Pump It Up is that they have the easy mode. Yeah. It's like a totally different interface. That yeah, the game DDR used to do that too. Yeah, uh, Supernova Two did it most recently, I think. Well, well so X Three with the Happy Mix. Oh uh, yeah, or yeah, the, the yeah Happy Mix, I guess it was or called. Happy whatever. Mode. Happy yeah. Mode, whatever. Pro, happy yeah. Mode and Pro Mode. Yeah, uh, it was annoying, I thought, but it was a good idea. The only problem was if you accidentally picked Happy, you there's couldn't no get, get into Pro. Yeah. Which is that the great was... thing about Pump It Up. Yeah, because Pump It Up, there's a cool pad combo. You look yeah. cool doing it. Yeah, and Your it gets you into Pro Mode. Yeah, the M Run, which I can only do. When doing that, I can't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, same. whenever it comes up in a song, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> we should talk more about Pump It Up in a future episode. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Talk Definitely about, didn't need to do a cross training episode. Yeah, I yeah, know. I mean, that's going to be, that's on the list. We, yeah, sure. it's on the list. Yeah, so uh, if you guys have any any suggestions for that episode, cross training, what makes you better at DDR, what other B Money game or music game or just running help? Something yeah, like that. we're going to talk about all We're going to talk about that, but tweet at us, let us know, you can drive the, the next discussion. Um, so in terms of other events going on, there's the movie event, two new charts, Oboro Challenge. So what, what's the deal with the movie part? They just added backgrounds to oh, like, yeah. the background movies. So. Yeah, that's it? For Beatstream? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Beat Street. Street. Well, okay. I think <laughs> Dada, 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 Dada came, okay. from, uh, came from 2DX, I think. Yeah, which by the way, I'm going to go out there and say this, I would like to come up on the show, I'd like to come up with a shorthand for da 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 da. What do you I think, think it's, about... it's just called da da da. Like that's, I think people colloquially. Wait, are you talking about the pattern or the song? No, the song name. Oh, I think people da, just call it da da da. da, da. da. I was gonna suggest ten ten da. Ten da. Ten ten das. Ten da. That's okay. good. I like ten da. Plus, we're ten. gonna be talking about it in the show, so let's call it ten da. I'm calling it da 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 daddy daddy. I don't know about I that. I made that joke. Double player. A daddy. <laughs> Double A daddy. Anyway, so let's talk about Obodo first because it yeah. it's well, 13, not a 16. Um, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It's fine. Yeah. I think they, they there's a few other things I would have liked to have seen that uh, like just some some runs that I think had, like they had nice piano stuff. Oh. It would have been nice to have those runs. But uh, you, I don't know. I really like it. I'm that's, surprised no, that they're lukewarm. Uh, it's, it's actually like one of my favorite warm up songs now because I think it has a lot of. It doesn't have a lot of like challenging runs or anything like that, but I think it's got some some pretty technical patterns and stuff, and I like to warm up with it now. Just I think it's a really good chart. Cool. Um, so the other chart, this one we could talk a lot more about. This oh one. yeah, Tenda challenge. That's it's crazy. So yeah, so this one kind of blew our, our minds. We have a video of it <laughs> that we're, we can show you guys. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a very creative chart. I love it. It's not what we expected at all. Yeah, I, I love what it means because it, it just means that Konami's like, all right. We yeah. know that they can do this, mm -hmm. so let's just let's just do this. Let's just throw it out there. Yeah. So like the, you guys are probably seeing it now, but it's like you know the the da 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 part. It's like da da da. It's, it's all jacks on basically just jacks on one arrow. Jacks yeah. on one arrow. And so, jacks, so jacks. And the rest of the chart is still really well made. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It yeah. flows great. It, goes, so, it flows great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Again, it's like it, there's a technical element that you have to bring into it. You can just jack it, or if you want, you can use both feet on yeah. one one yeah. panel. And I don't know. I. Oh. I was pleasantly surprised. Let's talk about that. What do you do? Do you do uh, a split switching? 
I haven't unlocked it yet uh, or yeah. played it yet. Um, I was actually practicing for the event this weekend, playing on XG a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to playing it when I get back home. Yeah, so personally, yeah. I, I've been playing it a lot, and uh, I do I do foot switches on the long ones. Mm -hmm. And then for the short ones, I'm just doing it like max 300. Just da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah. I love... There's a couple things about it. Like, first of all, da 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 is kind of like a meme song already. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, a joke bit. in so many like circles and music game like parts of Twitter. There's and a stuff. lot of new players who pick it. I yeah, think. yeah. And so, it's kind of funny. Like, the chart is funny too. So, like, it's Konami saying like, this is kind of a meme song. Here's a meme chart to go with it. Yeah. yeah. And it also, in the middle of the song, it sort of does a throwback to Max 300. Like yeah, the yeah. the up. Like, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think Max 300 is down 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 up 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 jump. And uh, da 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 is reversed. It's up, 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 down, and down. But I just love, I love that it's like, it's almost like a call out to another meme song. Yep. Like, yeah. it just, it fits so perfectly. Yeah, it's really well done. I wonder if that was on purpose. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. But the rest of the song, yeah, it's like, it goes really well to the music. And yeah. I really couldn't imagine it being a little, any better. There's like one mistake in it, I guess. There's, there's one part in the vocals in the second verse where uh, there should be like one more 16th. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I, I listen to the song so often that I get tripped up every now and then. Me too, yeah. But uh, it's overall, I like, I couldn't have asked for anything more. Um, it's such a such a fun chart. Yeah, get it. out there and play it. Uh, it's it's definitely uh, if you're not good at foot switches, it's uh, it's a good one to practice with that. Yeah. Uh, personally, I have a lot of trouble doing foot switches on anything besides the down arrow. Yeah. It's like it's a good arrow. it's a really good skill to to try and learn. Um, yeah. Like because yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like down is easy. Left and that right is the easiest arrow. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, that's true too. Well, I mean, I think we talked about this in one of the most recent episodes, but. Um, some of the good players actually kind of, they, they hit every arrow like the down arrow. Like kind of heel on the top of the arrow, of the top of the panel. And so those players have no trouble at all with foot switches, yeah. which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a great chart. Definitely um, go play it if you haven't tried it yet. Uh, so last update, um, there was a 6-6, a June 6 update. That was the most recent one. Uh, some people are still experiencing the visual lag issues, so do you yeah, guys there's, want to talk there's about a that lot all? to say about that. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit subjective, so I don't want to like go into it too deeply. Uh, they changed the sync, and we talked about that a little bit, or like at least the visual sync. Certain players, like Paul, seem to have no problem adjusting. I didn't even know that they made any changes to it. Yeah. I played the whole weekend with it updated, and then I came home, and everybody was talking about it on Facebook, yep. and I was like. They change something? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I that shows them. you can adapt really, really well. It shows that you can adapt, and it shows that people play in very different ways. Exactly, yeah. 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 Some yeah. people are really looking at the targets, and some people aren't. So it seems like when they changed the sync, like the 6.6 update was then after that, and they sort of, like, they did a half measure. Like, it feels in between how it was three months ago and how it was a month ago. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't feel as shifted in either direction. It's still different, but it feels yeah. better. Yeah. So. It's, it's really difficult to even describe what they might have even done. Yeah, it's just interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. so maybe there isn't a lot to say about it. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Never... We don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I, it's just something that uh, you might have to get used to if you're very used to playing. Like, I mean, if you're like me, then you'll notice a difference. If you're like Paul, you may not notice a difference. I think somebody speculated, it might have been Chris, where he was saying that they actually bumped the target arrows up by, like, the tiniest little bit. Maybe I'm making this no, up. No, it's, it's kind of like that. Basically, uh, someone made a really good graphic on, on Twitter. I, hope, I don't know if we can pull that up, but basically, like, the targets are here, the window's here, and they sort of, like, shifted the targets down yeah. a little bit. So 
the marvelous sort of fly, above, <laughs> like the, the arrows can fly up higher above the targets yeah. and still let you get marvelouses. For me, it sort of throws me off because I'm not used to seeing them go past that far. Yeah. So I always think that I'm yeah, it makes me I'm get a lot early. more early perfect. Yeah. When well, I was uh, when I've, I've been taking the videos from the lineup from the capture card that we have yeah. on our on our machine now, and um, when I'm going through and editing the videos, you know, I'm going through frame by frame. I actually started noticing it where oh. like when you're just watching yeah. the video full speed, normal speed, you don't really notice it that much. At least I don't. When I start doing frame by frame, it's like they really do pop. Yeah, very high on the target. Pops. I saw I saw a few like screen captures of like because Zero Wolf was basically saying like here's like the arrow, and then the next frame it's like marvelous, and it's like all the way down here. Now I'm like, wait, what? Like yeah. that's insane. Well, so, anyway, but don't whatever. don't end your DDR career over it, yeah. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a joke, guys. Shots fired. <laughs> oh goodness. No, he was just kidding. He's not ending his career, so don't worry. Um, so anyway, uh, we're going to move into the main topic now. We're talking about DDR over the years. So this is old school, some old school talk, and we're going to talk about how the game changed, how the game evolved over time. So just a reminder, you can tweet at us at uh, SF Evolved or hashtag the arrow panel. Let us know what your opinions are. But uh, I thought we could start off this episode by uh, talking a little bit about how when we all started playing. And, uh, you know, just like briefly talk about, so we, we talked about this kind of in a previous episode, but just, you know, what was your first exposure to DDR and uh, when did you start getting competitive and that sort of thing? So, Jeff, you want to start? Sure. So, um, I'll make this quick since I think you can watch episode one if you want to hear a little bit more about my, my whole thing. Yeah. But I started in 2003. I started playing Max 2 home version. Um, my first arcade experience was Extreme. And uh, I sort of... I just kept playing and kept getting better, and then by the time it was like 2007 or something, I was actually kind of competitive to the point that I could hold my own in tournaments. Um, and then I, I just kept playing over the years. Roger? Yeah, I started on Third Mix. It, was, uh, it wasn't when Third Mix was new. I started in like 2002, and we had a Third Mix at our arcade, which got upgraded to Max 2 pretty quick. And thankfully, I, I, I'm really thankful for being new to DDR and being around when Extreme wasn't out yet. Yeah. So I got to pay attention to the, like the location <laughs> tests of Extreme, like when they were posting videos when, you know, Paranoia Survivor or Bag was first being unveiled and it was it was it was a really exciting time. Um, I think I became kind of competitive around 2003, mid 2003 and kind of never never stopped. Okay, I, I did stop. I stopped around 2000 eight or so and took a few years off and then came back a couple years ago and i don't know ddr has changed a lot especially since third mix yeah there there was just a huge difference even between third mix and max two the, the first two mixes i played and yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot to say yeah so paul i guess you already kind of talked about your first exposure yeah bit, is there anything else you want to mention um yeah i guess i i started playing at home versions for a while till you know, the 2004, 2005, I started going to our local arcade, which is in was it Brunswick Zone. Uh, oh, yeah. Brunswick Zone. Naperville. Yeah, I yeah. actually first met you there. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we, really? had, uh, we had we had two data cabs in, like, 2005. My goodness. And yeah. then we had uh, Drummania and Guitar Freaks V4 uh, location test. 
Supernova 2 location test. Supernova 2 location test, 2DX Gold location test. Like, My we, God. I don't know how it happened, but we just got really, really lucky. Naperville. That's yeah. just the... <laughs> I met, I, the only time I've heard Naperville is in the context of dance games or music games. Yeah, yeah. the like, home of dance games. But even before that, uh, my first tournament was there. And I remember uh, it was back when, like, I don't know, it was Lil Q and Windu showed up to the tournament. And I was like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I got dead last. And, um, Damn. Yeah, and then I was like, I have to get better. So now we're, now we're here. And it's amazing how far the community has come, how far that, like, the games themselves have come, whether it's DDR and the Groove, uh, Pump It Up. I mean, just the watching the skill and difficulty levels go up over the years has been amazing. It's There's always that point where it's like, no, we can't get any harder than this. And someone's <laughs> like, nah, yeah, no, we can't. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it just keeps going up and up. And I don't know, it's, it's great to be involved with it. Yeah, that skill ceiling, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I remember the really first is. time I, I played on a mix that wasn't Third mix. So third mix ran at 30 frames per second. And yeah. When you're when you're watching the arrows, there you can see them kind of like climb up the screen. Yeah, they're they're, they're like taking the staircase. Yeah. yeah. And timing on a 30 30 frames per second mix is kind of impossible. <laughs> so back then, when everyone had those mixes, they didn't know how to time. Right. Everyone just played songs, and if you got a full combo, it was like, I did great. You know, I yeah. I, I got a good score. Yeah. So people didn't figure out how to really time anything until the 60 frames per second mixes came out like fifth mix yeah so that's i don't know if that's a good thing we want to jump into in terms of like engine changes i mean there's there's yeah but like so uh you're right like so basically fourth mix plus was the last uh 30 frames per second mix in the main series and then fifth was the first that was 60 frames per second it's like night and day oh and yeah an important like so if you haven't played on a 30 fps mix it's like just watch some YouTube videos. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's a really surreal experience, like looking at the game now and then looking back then. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but even uh, Max or sorry, uh, Fifth Mix, even though it was sixty frames per second, you didn't even have speed mods yet. Like that's something that we take for granted, I think, a lot in the recent mixes, being able to pick three point two five x. Like and sort of in the groove, you know, helped a lot with like there was a lot of um, stuff that I think came over from ITG to DDR in terms of those like really granular speed mods. But, like, even though, like, you have to play a song that has really strange rhythms on Vivid. There's no rainbow, no note, uh, no solo. And uh, you have to do it on 30 frames per second. Like, good luck. And I've gone back and I've played all those mixes and tried to time. And even with my timing, it's like, sometimes it feels like... Like, playing, okay. a, playing a song like Captain Jack or something? I just got a great, like, I, like could I have done anything about that? Probably, <laughs> but, like... I don't know. It feels like the windows are just like so much stricter than uh, than everything else. So, man, it's it, and then like things have gotten you know extreme. Like the max to extreme engine was one, and then they sort of did like Supernova one to Supernova two was on uh, another engine, and then I don't even know if X was considered part of that engine. But like now we're on just like PC hardware that's just run the game, so it looks great all the time. And sometimes there's some like lag and older cabinets or something but for the most part it's like very modernized yeah so actually i wanted to take a little break and uh bring in some some things from the audience sure so uh zanzibar was actually asking with our initial um with us getting started what was your initial reaction to seeing a, an actual arcade cab for the first time did we all start on home versions i, I think we all did right? well no, i started in the arcade you started in the arcade 
So what, what drew you to a DC Marvel show? I, I, I saw it, and there were people jumping around on this thing <laughs> in the middle of the mall, and I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, I, I love video games, and I love dance music, and I saw it, and I, you know, I had to, I had to try it. I know the first song I played was Do It All Night on Third Mix. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> it was a great song, and I failed it. It was on, like, soft mode or something, and it was, like, like a one-footer. Yeah. I just got owned. So and you weren't nervous at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't think it's possible to play DDR for the first time in the arcade and not be nervous. Yeah. Um, I didn't even go to an arcade until I could at least play on heavy. Because oh, really? I was, yeah. Oh, I was... You, so you knew yeah. that it existed, yeah, right. I knew it existed in the arcades. I knew that it was an arcade game, um, and but I, I knew that there were better players than me. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to go to the arcade and look like a <laughs> dummy. Like I want to learn how to play the game well first, and then yeah. go. Yeah. You know, I was really fortunate, I think, in, in that I started playing kind of as, at the same time where the, a lot of other people start playing. So like when I was going to the arcade, there were definitely people like on heavy yeah. that were doing like you know Max three hundred and stuff and. Um, I was a little intimidated by them, but at the same time, there's a lot of like new players that were really encouraging too, like really social. They were talking about like what's your favorite song and stuff, and uh, so like I I did start playing at home first uh, on a soft pad, and then uh, eventually I think heard about like DDR in uh, an arcade in the mall, and then I started going there just to try it out. And then I never went back to the home pad after that. So <laughs> did, did all of you guys see DDR in the store or in a, in a magazine or something? I, know, I saw it. I saw a Technical Motion Machine actually first. What? Really? Yeah, that was the first cab I ever saw. At wow. least the one that I remember. And I, I played it and I liked it. And so I went to GameStop and I asked for the dance game. And they gave me DDR. Nice. So. Actually, uh... I thought it was a stupid-looking game at first. I was like, this game looks dumb. I don't want to play it. And now 14 years later, you're on a talk show and talking then, about and it. Then, and then my buddy was like, oh, dude, come over. Like, I got I got DDR. I was like, that game's dumb. I'm not playing that. <laughs> and then I went over, and we played and you know, set up on his Xbox in the basement. And I was like, this game's, this game's still dumb. I've, Colors Colors Light was the first song I ever played. Oh, yeah. yeah. This game's... I'm still dumb. <laughs> and then I just kept playing it, and my neighbor ended up getting it, and then so on and so forth. And, and now yeah. it's all we think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can hardly think about anything else. <laughs> it's, it's funny how that turns out, though. Yeah. Sure. I, I do remember the first time I got to see an arcade cabinet, and ironically, it was the, the first cab I ever played on was at the Fox Valley Mall in, like, Aurora, the neighborhood area, and they just opened a round one there. Like oh wow! Twelve years what? later. What? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of cool. It's come full circle. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. Um, so talking again about skill ceiling too, we have another thing from the audience. Two uh, AI or two L is asking, what are your thoughts on the evolution of the skill floor and the skill ceiling over the years? So we were talking a little bit about like you know twenty twos and you know yeah. pushing the the floor, but the or pushing the ceiling, but I think the floor of skill has also changed quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's important to realize is that whenever you have harder and harder songs that are available, people progress at a much faster rate. So it's in a very similar way to what you were saying, like back in third mix or fourth mix, you had nine footer was literally the hardest thing. Yeah. So what usually you play in the sweet spot of like the middle range of things, or maybe like the, the three quarter, like the 75th percentile. Yeah. So you're playing like sevens and eights. Most of the time, the nines are in like either impossible or like, you know, they're tiring, very tiring. And now it's, we're seeing a similar thing now where like 
you know, everything has sort of like been pushed up. So now a lot of people hang out in the 15 to 16 range. Mm -hmm. But like in 10 years, if there are 25s, people are going to be playing <laughs> 18s and 19s. Like they're like, they're all, yeah, I warm up on those. <laughs> For me, it took me like two years. I played two years on light and standard. Yeah. Because like that was, you had one to nine or 10 and that was it. And I was just like, oh, well, I'm just kind of progressing. And you kind of get in your slowly. comfort zone too, right. I think. And yeah. But now it's because there are so many, like, new players now can get to heavy way faster than any of us could. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's just so many more songs, so many opportunities to challenge yourself. And, yeah, so that, that floor is actually sort of moving. It's a, it's a sliding window it's with sliding the window, ceiling. Yeah. So um, it's a really interesting phenomenon. And ITG contributed a lot to that. Yep. Um, you know, I know that people who started playing ITG got to, like, an equivalent skill level of the DDR player in half yeah, the time. really fast. Now, question for you guys on this. Do you feel like that, you know, really quick progression, do you think people end up missing certain aspects or skills? Yes. Because of I would, that? I would say so. Do you, okay, because <laughs> I, I can tend to feel that way sometimes, but then I, I do see some players that end up progressing fairly quick, but they do end up, like sometimes timing is what, uh, some people that progress really fast, they don't learn the timing. They, they can see and read uh, when they're playing, but the accuracy sometimes isn't there. Yeah. Um, but then other times, you know, I do see people that have the accuracy still. So it's, it's interesting because... I think back in the day when songs weren't that hard, mm -hmm. it was a lot easier to think about timing because that's kind of all you had to do. Yeah. Like, you, you didn't have the opportunity to be like, oh, I'll, I'm done with this song now, I'll just go play this, these other 500 songs. Yep. You only had, like... A, a, Three songs, yeah. like... You only had one song, and it was Butterfly, and we loved it. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I mean, if you if you get to play, you know, Burning the Floor over and over again, there's only so much you can do with that besides try and try right. play it, yeah. you know? Exactly, yeah. But also, like, crossovers, I think, is another example of... Yeah, sometimes if you go a little bit too quickly, you're too focused on just... Like getting to the next difficulty, you sometimes like uh, you don't learn a lot of the fundamentals yeah. that are that are really necessary. And I mean, everyone has this problem. Oh my God, it's Andy oh, four five seven. What up? Hi, Ooh. Andy. Andy four five seven here at the Arrow Panel. What's up? You can hey, say guys. hi to the mic. Hey everyone. <laughs> I don't know if that was like way too loud or anything. We'll find it. We'll we'll fix it. We'll fix it in post. We're gonna fix it in post. Yeah. Start over. Uh, where were we? Anyway, we're talking about Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only song. It's the only song. Really, it's all you need. It's all you, all you need. Uh, Butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> Butterfly yeah. with a McFlurry. McFlurry <laughs> so, uh, going to the next topic, I want to talk a little bit about play styles. Play styles change a lot, not just with the skill floor and the skill ceiling, but, you know, people play differently kind of in the extreme era. I thought maybe for, for the old school days, we can go back, like, anywhere, but let's let's kind of focus on the last generation, which was, like, extreme. Sure. But Or if you guys want to change it, that's fine. But, like, back in the extreme days, bar versus no bar, emphasis on PA, and, and Marvelous Timing was really different. Like, I feel like there was, there was a period where it was a little bit like ITG, where people were focusing on passing songs, not so much on PA. And, uh, I mean, especially when Extreme first came out. Yeah. Where, like, I remember when I first passed PSMO with, like, a D. Yeah. I was super happy about it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this feels great. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it did at the time. And back then, that's, that's just what we had to do. And eventually, we started thinking about PA. But the, people really did play differently back then. I, I remember when I first started playing, I was playing on my toes, where, you know, yeah. you step like this on the pad... And like, whereas now we all step like this, yeah, the flat-footed style, yeah. Um, 
I think those are two very, those are like the, basically the definitions. Like you play on your toes or what's called flat-footed, which is not using like the balls of your feet for hitting any given arrow, which is so flat-footed we sort of learned over time that it was a lot more efficient because, for example, especially on the down arrow, you're not like moving your whole foot to hit the top of your foot on the top of the down yeah. arrow. You only have to move a little bit and hit your heel on it. So that was a, like that was actually a really interesting revelation. Like yeah. every, I think almost every player sort of went through that. I don't know if you guys. I did. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like I definitely remember someone being like, "Yeah, you're wasting a lot of energy. You should probably <laughs> like play in your heel." I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm doing great this way." And, and then like the eights would is, tire me out. Yeah, the funny thing is, at first it feels like playing flat-footed uses more energy. Uh, yeah, and so that's why I kind of ignored that advice for a long time. But that that happens all the time. Like the first time someone told me to play with the bar, I'm like, no. Like I do worse on, with the bar. Like yeah. I'm a no bar that, player. That's the thing that I hear the most when I'm talking about the bar to players is they say like, well, I just my scores aren't that good with the bar, or I don't know how to use the bar right. And you know, like it's not a comfortable thing to just be doing this right. all the time. But eventually, your scores are just always going to be better. Yeah. Did you guys all start out with no bar? Yes. Yeah. yeah so I no bar. Strictly no oh, bar. Next, no bar. Me too. I, I played speed mods, but I did not play the bar. I sort of prided myself on that. <laughs> what about you? Pretty much the same. You know, you don't have a bar on the soft pad playing. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can get a nice chair. A nice chair, a little chair <laughs> mod. A dead chair, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I started off no bar. I, think, although I always use speed mods. Um, yeah. Yeah, me too, actually. I didn't really play 1X very much. Uh, I started on 3rd, and they didn't have speed mods. So, right. so then when we got a mix with speed mods, and I saw people using them, I'm like, nah, can't be like that person. I have to, <laughs> I have to do it the hard way, which, of course, you know, there's, there's something to say about that. Like, it's important to be able to read slow, especially nowadays for boss songs that oh, have, yeah. like, really dense slowdown sections. Um, but really... Your scores are going to be better with speed mods, so yep. that's just what everyone does now. It's yeah. true, yeah. One so, thing, sorry, before we move on, I, one thing I want to mention is just like, with anything you're doing, especially in dance games, remember that there's like, like if you're trying, so like you're, you're improving, I guess to do the graph better, it's like you're improving, you're improving, you're improving. If you do try something new, you're always going to dip down. Yeah. It's yeah. always not something you're used to. You have to give it enough time so that you can like actually reach past the, the previous peak that you had. Yeah, you got to integrate it. So like, it's very like, a lot of people fall into traps of like, I don't want to try this new thing, whether it's a higher speed mod or the bar or playing flat-footed, because I know I'm worse at it, but then you have you really have to push through that because eventually you're going to see yourself like really improve and take off. Yeah, it's really hard though, because you set up that, that, that peak and you don't yeah. know what's next. Exactly. So uh, just a quick side note, uh, Dan Adam KOF is asking if uh, back then, did players notice if songs were early or late? No. Or was it too no. early? Or too, no. Too early. I think it depends. I mean, I... I certainly didn't notice. Yeah, I, I think I only started noticing once I started getting triple A's. And maybe even a little bit into that. Yeah. Maybe, so, like, once I once I had, like, 20 triple A's, then I was like, wait a second, some of these are abnormally <laughs> hard for no reason. When so, you don't have, a, like, a concept of, like, you know, really good tight timing, like, you know, when you're not getting triple A's, you really don't. Until I started really going for score, that's when I was like, wait, not all the songs are on B. Yeah. These are wrong sometimes. <laughs> you know, and it's just this revelation that you ever like, I have to step early and late to get yeah. accurate scores. And, it's it's yeah. a big revelation. It's a big step it's, to go through, yeah, too. Actually, I didn't notice it on my own. I, it actually wasn't until I met you, Roger, when uh, I started playing with some of the Bay Area people. 
And uh, they were telling me, oh, that song is so early. I was like, wait, not all the songs are perfect? <laughs> How could that be? It's not my fault. Isn't Konami wonderful and perfect all the time? I really did think that, yeah. And I actually uh, always thought, I always blamed myself. I was like, you know, I can't, I just can't time this song. But well, as that's, soon as, yeah. yeah, but like as soon as I, I learned that, you know, the, the, songs are different, the songs are time different, I, I suddenly started playing in a totally different way. I started thinking a lot more about, is this song on time? What's the drift? Yeah, a, a lot of times you just don't question the game when you're still learning, mm -hmm. so you're always questioning yourself. Yep, yep. And so you don't actually make that connection, like, when I got a grade, it was because the song was early, not because yeah. I'm bad, because at the, I was getting grades all the time, and I couldn't tell if, you know, you couldn't tell me that a song was early, I would just be like, well, I'm just bad. Like, yeah. I, get, I get greats, that's a thing I do. In general, it's probably probably the right way to go. Absolutely, probably yeah. probably err on the side of it's your fault until you reach a point where you're like, oh, okay, well, there's something wrong here and it might not be me. Yeah. But it probably is you. Yes, almost always. Do you guys remember what the hardest song was back when you first started playing? So, for me, it actually was Max 300, I think, because uh, Max 300 is Max 2, right? Max or 1. Max 1, yeah. And I started playing on Max 1, and uh, I remember seeing a video of Corey Prasek, actually, another Bay Area person, uh, passing Max 300. And going back and watching that video now, it's like kind of funny, because it doesn't look hard at all. But back then, it actually was hard. Yeah, it's, it's, hard, it's hard not to talk about DDR back in the day without talking about Corey. Uh, yeah. Corey Vertu, he, he was, you know, one of the best U.S. players. And, yeah, he's got some good classic videos on YouTube of him just passing, like... <laughs> You know, Max 300 and stuff like that. Yeah. Nowadays, it, it doesn't, doesn't sound that crazy. interesting, but it's... But, I mean, I remember downloading videos from, like, Aaron in Japan. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, giant.avi videos that I downloaded <laughs> manually using my terrible connection. Like, watching Corey play DDR. He, I think he got the first AAA in the U.S. Really? I think it was Freckles. Really? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's it's just crazy to think back that that was happening in 2002, 2003. 15 years ago. Yeah. It's actually kind of cool to watch some of those old videos, I think, because it, it just shows you how far we've come. Yeah. And uh, actually, yeah, it's uh, that's another thing I wanted to mention, too, is I think, like, social media and YouTube has just changed the game completely. It's like, yeah, now, nowadays you can go onto YouTube, you can see people playing, like, Egoism 440 and stuff. Yeah. And you, like, see what's actually possible. There's some videos still to this day, like, uh, Blue Mystic had a bunch of... He has like Legend of Max, and then there's a couple other. You like, get a Max Unlimited video. Yeah, we're stealth, just right? stealth triple A's in, and oh, it's like God. from 2003. Yeah. Oh my God! And, and then to like now, like you know, Chris will do it, and it's still crazy. But it's like people were doing that like 10 years ago, but it's still just as impressive. It's still just as impressive. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's really mind blowing. Yeah, I remember seeing there was another video. Um, I totally don't remember who it was or anything, but it was a it was in Japan, and it was like uh, a guy playing. Uh, Healing Vision Angelic Mix on stealth, and uh, he was doing the turns and uh, facing the other way for that during that long run. Yeah. And uh, man, I, I've been like trying to practice that to this day, even as you know, fairly good DDR player. I still can't do it. So. <laughs> memorizing charts is a whole other thing. Yeah. I think we can have a whole episode about yeah, that's crazy. whether or not mem memorizing charts is worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next thing I want to talk about: what happened to freestyle? You guys remember freestyle? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talked a little bit about it last time. Yeah, um, this, this, it just completely disappeared from the competitive scene. It actually like, yeah. used to be a staple of, of tournaments. We talked about it a little bit during the tournaments episode. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's actually a great theory that I want to call out there from uh, DDR Croissant on Twitter. Uh, she said, "Do you think the focus of genres from Dance Mania tracks to EDM 
had an effect on the overall activity of freestyling on DDR? It's interesting. I think, uh, like, EDM was really a thing, like, recently, like, Ace and a little bit before then. Yeah. But, like, freestyle's been dead for a, over oh, a yeah. decade. Well, a long Way time. before the yeah. EDM thing, like, kicked in, slash, like, I mean, even Supernova had Dance Mania licenses in it. So... Kind of, kind of hard to. Not very many though. Like the, no. the original. I feel like when the original songs, or not. Well, I guess not, because some of the old original songs were a little bit like. I think that. it was just a shift in the community where, like, maybe just people were starting to play more just for PA and accuracy, and like not so much for freestyle. Like, obviously, it's like a dance simulation game. Yeah. But they were like, oh well, you know, we're going for like, I want to just get all perfects, and yeah. like, it just kind of, it just to me, it feels like it just kind of. I, I think it might have been you know. some might have been partially due to the fact that DDR wasn't actually that popular for that long. I mean, it was it was pretty popular when it first came out, and then it waned. And especially in Japan, where like it was a it was a huge fad for a long time. Maybe, okay, for a couple of years, and then once that that couple of years was over, then only the hardcore people were kept playing. Oh, yeah. And I think it was during the time when the non-hardcore people were playing was when freestyle was like a viable community. Interesting. Because there yeah. were just a bunch of different kinds of players. And then once it became about the core gamer, I think that that's what happened like with us. Oh. It, it's just like not quite as... There's not much of an emphasis there. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree. Plus, Kanani stopped... I feel like a lot of old charts were kind of written with freestyle in mind. I think that's a really yeah. good point. And that's a really good point. They kind of stopped doing that. Yeah. So there was no overlap with uh, with like the the hardcore players and freestylers. I don't think there was. Not, I mean, not that I can remember. Although I think there was. Um, there were definitely like PA Perfect Attack tournaments in 2001, and there were also freestyle tournaments in 2001. But they sort of. It, it almost feels like they're two different communities. Like, it catered to different types of people. Like, yeah. some people were going for the performance aspect, and some people were going at it from a core gamer perspective. Yeah. And, you know, over time, people's interests just change. And if you have, like, communities are self-serving, right? So the more people are involved in something, the more it grows. And if you only have a freestyle tournament with a couple people in it, then no one wants to hold another one. It's just yeah. sort of like, as soon as some people start tapering off it's like it just sort of kills itself yep. it's it's just unfortunate but you need to have a lot of people interested for something like a freestyle exhibition to be uh like really well received yeah it's true so what about your uh you guys' personal experiences with freestyle um i actually <laughs> I've, I've got i've got a couple you do comments. yeah let's talk yeah. about it i when when we still had when we had max 2 when before extreme came out and we wanted to have a tournament at our arcade we didn't have any idea how to do the tournament. Like, we didn't know what the formats of a DDR tournament would be. So we were like, okay, well, like, how do we compare people's abilities? Because yeah. some people are really good at this, at accuracy, and some people are really good at, you know, freestyling. What kind of tournament do we have? And, like, the majority of people in at our arcade scene voted for freestyle. And wow. which is really surprising that's to think awesome. about. That's now. crazy, yeah. And so my friend, uh, me and my friend Chris Newsom, aka Bungie, he was a really good DDR player back in the day. Um, we were like, okay, I guess we got to learn a freestyle. So we learned a freestyle for Dynamite Rave, <laughs> and 
we bought like gloves and stuff. And <laughs> it do was. You, do you still know any of the freestyle? Uh, no, no, not too much. I mean, it was on light, so it wasn't. It we wasn't. Have, super we have a machine that's on right now, but, <laughs> and we have a camcorder pointing towards it. <laughs> special Roger Clark yeah. special. It, it, it was interesting though, because I remember we practiced that routine like fifty times, thinking that this was going to happen, and then eventually. Everyone was just like, okay, well, you know, if we're going to have a tournament, we should probably use just the machine score. And then, so we're like, oh, what? Like, that's really disappointing. So if, if, <laughs> if that's what's going to happen, we're just going to end up playing light songs and trying to get triple A's. So wow. it kind of oh. fizzled out. Yeah, that's, crazy. that's too bad. Wow, I'm disappointed. There's no yeah. videos of that ever. <laughs> it was before cameras were everywhere, I guess. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Paul? Ugh. Anything? Um, Have you ever tried to do a freestyle? I can't. No, definitely not. <laughs> no, I, I was never into it. I mean, there was like, I would see videos of like Sketch playing songs backwards. Yeah. And I thought, like, playing a song backwards, like, that's pretty sweet. Um, so I think I know parts of Colors on Heavy and like half of Candy Heart on Light. That I can do backwards. <laughs> I love that it's and online. I can get like halfway through Max 300 on stealth. Wow. And that, I, I, this isn't even freestyle, but like those are the only, like that was like as far as I got with it. And oh no, R3. Should we give a little bit of context for people that don't know yes. about R3? Talk about R3, yeah. So, oh R3 my god. Like dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So basically, R3 <laughs> is a song that, that was in a club version of DDR. Uh, and then it got revived in Extreme, and it, it stayed there. I think it got it got cut after Extreme, but everyone had Extreme, so everyone played it. And basically, like, there was just this big break in the middle of the song, and then it just goes like left, right, left, right, left, well, right, left. I, I, I want. I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting to that. But basically, I'm trying to understand. Like, so there's just a bunch of left and right quarter notes, and then it's like up and down, and then it spins around. So. Everyone would run, like the break happens, everyone would run behind the machines, and you'd all, all bar hop over and then get onto the left and right arrows for like, and then you'd always spin around or something like. Yeah, and there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with those up and down arrows. You can like slide. Yeah, you slide, yeah. sort of do this sort of thing. Yeah. But it was just like, it was so popular that it was so played out. Like yeah. everyone's yeah. like, you're freestyling to R3. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> please do anything like, like original or creative because this is not it. That's funny. Actually, uh, Jeff, I saved you for last because I wanted to talk to you about something that you and I do sometimes, which is uh, couples mode on Pump It Up. Oh yeah, and I feel like that's a little bit like freestyle. They it's had like they had style. unison mode in DDR third mix, yeah, which that's is, right, yeah. You know, it's pretty much the same thing. Well, okay, not the you same don't switch thing. around. Yeah, but... There's there's definitely like a, an aspect of like the coordination choreography between both sides. Yeah, and uh, you ran a, a couples tournament one time, right? Uh, I don't think so. Or you wrote charts for it or something? I don't know. I was, I was a part of you one. Part of I, one. I, I played in... It was uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, my, one of my friends from New Jersey, uh, shout out to the hair kid, uh, and also Dan, Dan Bond. Uh, they, like, together they made a free, or not, uh, a couples tournament on In The Groove, made custom charts, and it was for the Valentine's Day. It was, on a, it was like the day after Valentine's Day or something. But uh, it was all love themed, so all the songs either had love in the title or were like very close to having love in the title. And uh, so not only does that limit the pool of songs, I thought it was crazy how they found so many songs that related directly to love, but the charts were just like super fun and cool. Was um, it also all dudes there? Uh, eh, probably. <laughs> it's DDR, it's, uh, yeah. 
or ITG at that point. But yeah. So uh, the, I feel like the uh, the couples charts on on Pump It Up, they're they're not really like freestyle, but you, we end up freestyling every time anyway. Like with well, the bar bar bar, and we do the yeah yeah. So Pump has been really cool about uh, for a lot of the co-op songs they've or charts they've sort of like integrated the background videos yeah. into so a lot of like for the k-pop ones in particular uh they sort of like have you try to match the uh the backgrounds like what the what the guys or girls in the background are doing which is a really cool concept and actually i i should point out that ddr does did that a little bit there was a smooch challenge has is a shock arrow chart that if you sort of follow along with what like the puffy, the, the pink, yellow, and blue girls are doing in the background, you kind of do the steps. And then a better example is Memashikute, which is from X3. Unfortunately, it's removed now. But that challenge chart like had you like mimicking exactly what like they were like swinging back and forth, and you sort of like went to the left and went to the right and everything. It was just like, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is genius. Like, you get to like freestyle by doing a dance, but you're also sort of like interacting with the, yeah. the song and the steps and everything. It reminds me of Para Para Paradise a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So, um, that was, I was, like, those little Easter eggs I think are really, really cool. Not Easter eggs, but, you know, it's just little special things that you get to, like, have a, a different way of interacting with the game than you normally would. Yeah. I feel like nobody's ever uploaded any videos of people freestyling Smooch Challenge or anything like I, that. Yeah, it's, it's not... Smooch is, is an interesting example because certain parts are very, like, the not girls, the like, spin chart, around yeah. a little bit and then they have, like, up left up and then like left down left and then down right so you sort of it's like a nice little compliment to the background exactly yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah but memes is like totally a freestyle like yeah. it watch that video on youtube it's it's hilarious i'm sure there's like japanese players that played it a bunch and and if not I, I was going to propose maybe we should upload a video to the sf evolve channel oh that'd be that'd be hilarious Ooh, let's do it we could do, do it. it so stay tuned for that <laughs> uh okay so let's see we talked about that um we talked about the engine changes too, 30 fr frames to 60 frames, hardware changes over the years. So we went from um, extreme cabinets with uh, 15 kilohertz screens to 30 kilohertz now. Yeah, a lot, um, of a lot of stuff changed. There's four styles of cabinets now. So yeah. the old style black cabs that a lot of us are familiar with. Um, Which you can still, there are still cabinets in Japan that run Ace. Yeah, on, on everything's backwards compatible. Yep. Um, there's actually like kind of I guess there's like five styles if you count well okay I'm not even gonna the, count like, the yeah the, well but we, don't, we won't even get into that a little bit it's but, like the Drake like yeah no. <laughs> no, no. no 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 but that red cab is like yeah, yeah. Um, so like you might be able to see it in the background but there's a this is a Japanese red cab that we have back here and it's a uh, it's good it's it's very good. So uh, this is the super for Supernova one and two they sort of like it's the same basic style of cabinet that the black cabs were, but it's just with red wood instead. They have a couple of changes. Most notably, the monitor is 31 kilohertz, so mm -hmm. it's a higher resolution, which means it's a little bit easier to see the arrows. Yep. And pretty then they uncommon, have... the red cab's pretty uncommon in the US. Yeah, they're very uh, uncommon, because yeah. we had, we for Super Number 1 and 2, we basically got the Betson cabinets. Yeah, yeah this one is imported from Japan, Yeah. Um, so it's a legit mix. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, DDRX cabinets, Japanese X, which are actually very good. It's uh, Funny to think about how the U.S. ones are very bad, but um, they have, those are the ones with the light spires on the side. Yeah, a lot yeah. of cool LEDs. Yeah. yeah, so we should explain the difference for people who don't know, because I think uh, probably most of our audience has played on Betson X cabs, yeah. which are, that's not what Japan had. Yeah, yeah, they actually had ones made by Konami. They had light spires on the side that actually went to your, uh, your life meter, 
So if you're at if you're at half, the lights really? were sort of like they sort yeah. of pulsed to half. I didn't know they were synced up with. Yeah, it's yeah, really cool, crazy. and you can actually kind of see it in your peripheral vision. Too. Yeah, yeah. So and like when you fill up your life bar, they start to go like rainbow, multicolor, just like oh, crazy, yeah. crazy Sick. cool. That's awesome. Um, and they start to like flash red if you're in the danger zone. Personally, that's the cabinet I really want. Yeah, I want oh, me too. And there, those were that was the first one that was in HD. Yep. Um, so everything else was sort of SD standard definition, just like. A four by three. And this was the first sixteen by nine. And it was a rough transition too. Um, yeah. SD did, like when the first X cams came out. Even though I love them now, uh, I think when they first came out, I did not like them. Even I'm not talking about you mean just the Japanese. Expensive. I'm X talking cams. about even Japanese ones. Yeah, they didn't. They, it was a big adjustment to go from SD to HD, and I still preferred playing. Yes, yeah, it took Konami a long time to get the just the syncing of a rhythm game on an LCD monitor right. Yeah, it's yeah. very true. And then the last iteration, the current iteration, is the white cabinets, which a lot of us played on because they're what's available in America. Same style of cabinet that they have in Japan. Um, bigger screen, they got rid of the light spires, and they got rid of the lights inside the pads, which yeah. is kind of unfortunate. Really I, I hope they add that back. If they make a new style cabinet, I yeah. hope they put that yeah, back. Yeah, that's one of the biggest really good for the, it's for actually, the spectators. So it's actually not technically possible right now. The P4IO yeah. is uh, too narrow. They can't add the lights back. Yeah, they can just make a new one. Yeah, they'll probably make a P5IO. Yeah. yeah. See. With fewer lights. And there's no more <laughs> lights in the cabinet at all. The screen doesn't turn off. The screen doesn't turn off. <laughs> um, so yeah, just those brain-computer interface. Just, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that'll be someday. So yeah, those are the basic. I hope that was uh, helpful. Those are the, like the basic uh, cap styles over the years. Well, yeah. we did. Ha we also had the uh, the Betson cabinets, which I'm sure a lot of people had exposure to because yeah. that's just you know it's what exists in America a lot. Yeah. So like Konami came out with Konami worked with Betson, this arcade distributor company, in and the also US, Raw Thrills, Raw and Raw Thrills to produce these. Um, DDR cabinets, first starting with Supernova, DDR Supernova, and the Supernova cabinets, Supernova Betson cabinets weren't that bad. Yeah. They're, they're playable. They were, they were, they've had a different feel to them, Yeah, but, like, you could still play on them. You could still get good know? scores. I always felt like they needed a bit of work, Yeah, but yeah. It, it could be good. Yeah. yeah. They had good, the monitors were very good inside there as yeah. well. They're still 31 kilohertz, so it, was, it ran at a, like, you, you could see very well. Yeah, but the X caps that they made after that, not so good. You yeah. couldn't pay me. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's one in the Westfield, San Francisco. Yeah, and the funny man. thing, I have a funny story about that. I, I don't know if this is true. I just, it's just just a rumor. But I heard that when Betson was developing the uh, the Betson X Cab, um, they actually hot or they flew in uh, one of the best DDR players at, at, in the world at the time. I don't know who it was. It might have been like JSB or something. And uh, they flew him into Chicago uh, to get his opinion about the uh, Betson X Cab. He played it and he said he hated it and had a billion things to say, but uh, apparently it was like too late in the production to, for them to change anything, so they just kind of took his feedback and went, well, okay, thanks, I guess, and shipped it anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of unfortunate, yeah. Apparently yeah. they knew about the, uh, the flaws, but yeah, I, I understand how it goes. Like, they already probably made a hundred of them or something and yeah. couldn't go back. Hmm, this pad is made of wood. <laughs> Maybe not the best idea. <laughs> I got an idea. Let's use one big panels. And there was also a, a very limited run of really weird bootleg cabinets that oh my Namco God. Arcades oh, yes. got. Oh, uh, we can talk about the crapo cabs. People refer to them as crapo cabs. <laughs> and they were, they were just these, like, some, some people in China just made these fake DDR cabinets <laughs> and put a PS2 in it with DDR Extreme US. And... Shipped them to Namco arcades. Namco must have bought like 
you know, 50 of them or yeah, something. Yeah. And they were just the worst. You've played on them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to play on them. We have one at a, an AMC movie theater mm. pretty close to my house. And uh, the pads did not work. Like, <laughs> like, they literally didn't work. Nothing registered. I mean, it was... It, it was, was really funny. It was, it was nightmare material. It was, <laughs> it was actually terrible because we had a fifth mix. It was like a perfect, pristine fifth mix in my hometown. And I, I played on that every day. I was using Sudden, of course, because I couldn't read, you know, the speed mod situation. <laughs> um, but they replaced that pristine, perfect fifth mix with a Namco Crapo cab. <laughs> and I just went in one day and I saw it and I just... <laughs> I, I just... Weeping. Buckets of, buckets of tears. Yeah. <laughs> buckets of tears. Horrible. Um, one fun fact about that: they realized like the legal issue. I think pretty quickly of running a PS2 version of a Konami <laughs> game that they probably weren't paying any royalties to Konami for, and they like immediately upgraded all of them to Indigroove 2. Yeah. And so all like almost every crapo cab that I've seen is actually running in the Groove 2. Now. That that happened to ours too. Yeah. That's just like. Like, whoops, guys, we can't do this at all. Like, so they bought all kits. I can't imagine how much money Namco lost on that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, white, the, the white cab uh, pad lights, so Noah from Twitter says, according to Aaron in Japan, they were removed because of sky-high Japanese electricity costs after natural disasters? Sorry, I don't buy that. I don't think so. <sighs> Who knows, <laughs> man? They're LEDs. I think, I think they're standardizing on the different IOs that they're using in all of their different music games. I think that's it. Yeah. Sort of like yeah. like trying to come to one consensus rather than uh, like having individual things they have to build for individual games. They're just like, this thing like can handle six different games, so we're going to make a bunch of them yeah. and not worry about like the nitty gritty. Just a personal side note, don't trust anything Aaron in Japan says. <laughs> More sh you're, sh you're firing shots nonstop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with, without Aaron, we would we would know nothing about the Aaron's Japanese great. DDR community. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some charts that changed. Oh yeah. So uh, over the years, so um, charts. So for those of you that don't know, like Konami uh, sometimes takes the opportunity to like fix mistakes in charts um, over time. So, uh, for instance, I guess Mikaneko Rock is probably the most famous example. One of the most, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Mikaneko Rock used to have used to be mostly eighth notes. So, uh, it, but it's actually in a swing rhythm. Yeah. So, uh, in D a lot of these changes happened to DDRX for for context. So, uh, basically, now they in X they changed it to be twelfth note swing rhythms, uh, which made the chart like objectively way harder. It's like. Playing Mikaneko on Ace is so much different than playing it on Extreme. And like, light and day. Or night and day, even. Um, <laughs> and then they... they oh, but most of the chart fixes have been sort of, uh, like, just little tweaks because things were, like, quite wrong. So, um, Max 300, the jumps were, like, on and off, like, off beats when they, should been, they shouldn't mm -hmm. have been. Two of the jumps, like, at, like, 100 combo. So they changed those to just be, like, normal eighth and quarter notes. Uh, little things like Zephyr... Uh, expert had a note like the rhythm is like da 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 da, and one of them was da 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 or da 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 da. So they like moved. They like one of them was the sixteenth down, so they just like moved it back. But it's actually really noticeable if you've played it a bunch of times. So a lot of times, like you play a song in Ace that you remember from a long time ago, and then it's like, whoa, this is a little bit different than I remember it. Like muscle memory comes back and sort of like trips you up. And some of the old school players don't appreciate that. They actually like like the way that it was before. Yeah, it's it's kind of a point of contention. A I, it bit. depends on how 
broken the song. I agree. Is. Yeah. Like I know for Bag, they kept the original chart, which is in a really interesting thing. That's, yeah, so, that, that they actually decided to keep it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going a little bit into like there's there's a difference between like chart fixes and engine fixes. Yeah. So what happened around? I, I don't even know if it was Supernova Two or X, but at a certain point they changed the engine to be able to actually deal with 12th notes. So back in Extreme, 12th notes were actually like wrong. 64th notes. Yeah, so they, like, they were rounded yeah, which was to wrong. Like, <laughs> like rounded the step wrong. charts back in the Extreme days were basically like a, a big array of 64th notes. It was like the 64th note was the finest granularity that they had. So, and it was like powers of two, right? So the 12th notes aren't, those. that's in like three, four time and you can't have a triplet that's, you know, like aligned to a power of two. So they just okay. kind of fudged it to the closest 64th note. And you play a song like Bag or something. Bag is like, you know, it's, it's a classic song because it's just so broken. Yeah. <laughs> you play it and it's like... Yeah, basically a bunch of those got rounded too, like way too early. Yeah. So you had to hit them early. Yeah. And so Bag in... Uh, when they when they made the engine uh, update, they actually decided like Bag was such an iconically broken song <laughs> yeah. that they they created a wrong version. <laughs> they made that the new challenge chart, or sorry, they made that the yeah they made that the challenge chart. And Bag Expert is now the fixed version. Yeah. yeah. So if you yeah. play on Ace, that's what you'll notice. And it's it's interesting because they're the same rating. Yeah, they're both th yeah, thirteen. Yeah. They're both thirteen. I mean, I feel like Bag Expert. That's that's a thirteen. Maybe. Uh, maybe maybe twelve. Maybe twelve. Maybe twelve. So actually, I want to take this opportunity to take a question from the audience, and then it's a great segue into our next topic. Uh, it's from Zanith in the chat, and he says, "Do previous achievements become invalid after the chart changes, even if it's a subtle way?" Right. Hmm. So does hmm. if I get a triple A on Mikinaka Rock on Extreme, does it count on Ace or vice versa? Paul, start us off. I don't know. I think. Uh... You've got two, it's two separate, like, engines. It's almost like two, it's the same song, but it's running differently. Yep. Um, it's an accomplishment in its own, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so you this know? is, uh, this you is can't actually... say it's the exact same thing, because it is different. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so this is actually the uh, impetus for this episode, is we were having an, ar I was having an argument with Jeff, um, because I played uh, Paranoia Revolution. I'm having a little bit of trouble... Rebirth. Or, sorry, Paranoia Rebirth. And uh, I'm having a little bit of trouble AAAing it on Extreme, but I can PFC it on Ace, no problem, pretty much every time. Uh, and so Jeff said, why does that matter? You have a PFC on Ace? Right. It's more and... of a, like, I didn't want James to discredit his accomplishment on Ace. Yeah. Like, saying, oh, it's not real if I don't get it on Extreme. Because in my mind, uh, like, the game is a fluid game. Like, updates come out, uh, engines are changed. Uh, new, like, actual game, like, the games change versions. And so it seems like the most, like, daunting task in my mind that I can think of to, like, PFC, like, my goal is to PFC everything I can. I don't want to PFC a song that I have already PFC'd on an engine that has 30, that's 30 FPS and it has some broken parts to it. Like, my theory, myself, is, like, I'm going to play it the way that it, like the basically the easiest way I can because uh, like I'm looking for I'm trying to do this for so many different songs so I have to sort of take the path of least resistance and so I feel like it's a common like thing to say like oh it didn't like I know Roger you have a lot of thoughts about like getting Legend of Max or something on yeah. Extreme versus Ace. I mean I I got I got Legend of Max on Ace and it felt good 
but at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, like, if I... If I really want to get this, like, Legend of Max was the boss song of yeah. DDR Extreme. Yeah. So, in order for me to, like, feel at peace with yeah, myself. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. a nostalgia factor. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. That, that's really what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think if you get a score on A's first Extreme, like, no matter what, your score should count. Yeah, I mean, whatever yeah. it is. But for everything me, counts. You know? I, like, I, I, have, yeah. I have PSMO on A's, but. I don't have it on extreme, and I don't feel okay about that. Yes, like, I yes. want to get it on extreme so badly, yeah. and until then, I don't genuinely feel like I got it. But uh, again, it's a personal thing. Yeah, but like more. everyone yeah. else's standards, they're not your standards, right? Yeah, like right. your, your own standards are yours. Yeah. This is the thing that we want to get across: is uh, everyone has kind of personal goals, and so I, I definitely think you shouldn't like downplay people's achievements or their goals either. Like if if somebody wants to get something on extreme, you know, or if somebody thinks it's okay to get it on ace i think there's no reason to, to right push there's, a, there's a lot of people who just started playing and who are getting really good scores now and they're getting them on ace and they probably don't care at all i don't about think they going care about back it, yeah. to do it on so the, i think that's kind of the Nexus. that's the root of the issue is that for me i haven't beaten extreme yet and it's like when i was when i was playing extreme that was my goal like i i set out to i want to beat this game and to me i, I just don't think that like uh, PFCing the extreme folder on Ace is good enough. Right. It's still good though. It's still yeah, good. I mean, it's, yeah, it's still yeah. very good. Yeah. I just yeah, like I just wanna like my only thing, it's sort of like it's a weird feeling because I can sometimes sense that like it's not uh it's not quite like I, I think of them as pretty similar. Mm -hmm. Um because like if you were to take your paranoia rebirth, like if you were to replay your body movement on the pad on extreme instead you might have gotten it. Somehow, I, I think you're right, but somehow it just doesn't feel I mean, like that's Yeah, true. because it's, it's harder to look at the arrows, you have different speed mods, like, yeah. but to me it's just like, uh, you know, getting it once is good enough. And uh, like, there's because so there's, so many, there's so yeah. many songs and so many tracks, yeah. I do understand the nostalgia factor. Um, but like, it's still like, to me it's, and I got like, I PFC'd Extreme on double, on all on Extreme, like, uh -huh. and that was nice to do. Like, I could have played a bunch of stuff on X3 on, like, Max Unlimited and the Harder Boss songs to get some speed mods and Darkest and whatever. Yeah. But, um, like, I just had more access to Extreme. But, so it's just important, like, whatever you, however you want to count the game is the thing that's most important. Just make sure that, like, whatever your goals are, you're not sort of, like, uh, putting them on other people. Like, yeah. Yeah. oh, you got PSN on Ace? Well, <laughs> I did it on Extreme, so it's better. Like, yeah. because there's a lot of, like... A lot of rhetoric around things being harder thus they're more impressive or like if i did something on one x no bar and you had to use the speed mods in the bar then mine's more impressive and just like <laughs> yeah. don't talk like that like that is just it's only negative and people like there's all these tools that the game provides to you that you should feel empowered to use in your own unique way so. Yeah, I mean, look look at what people are doing with speedruns in other games. Like they're they're trying to take the game to the max level, and they're using all the tools available. Yep, that's glitches. Know? That's you know yeah. weird tricks. Some people mod their controllers. Like, is that legal? Is that like? Yeah, it's whatever you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. There should be different categories for things, but like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, it's all it all depends on what you want to accomplish personally. So yeah. whatever your yeah. personal goals are. That should be what you do. Right. But yeah, for, for me, personally, I need to finish Extreme. Like, I gotta beat that game, Same. so yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna... I, like, I don't even play things on Ace. And let me tell you something. That announcer saying the thing that he says at the end, the, uh, <laughs> what, what is it? I just went blank. Can I call you a dancing master? 
Yeah. The way that the, the, the AAA judgment rolls Oh, yeah, the way it rolls up. Yeah. <laughs> it's very satisfying. Oh, God, it's so satisfying. In fact, like, yeah. I, I like that effect so much that I won't even bother trying to AAA something on the final stage, because he doesn't say, can I call you Tansen Master oh, yeah. on the final stage. So, yeah. like, when I'm on the final stage, it's like, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Sorry. I don't think, do we not curse on this show? <laughs> I think we've been cursing. I, I think, think we've been cursing. Yeah. <laughs> on the show? <laughs> <laughs> the show's rated E for everyone, don't worry. Mountain Dew only. Huh? What? See, if we, gotta, we have to get a green sticker on the couch. This is like suitable for all ages or whatever. Like this arcade. The, e yeah. the ESRB for arcades. <laughs> you know the Super... We were just talking about the Supernova marquee for like the US Betsy. Yeah, yeah. And it oh, has yeah. the green suitable for all ages on yeah. it. Yeah. Because America. <laughs> Just get our little, little, All right, so we're, little placard right here. Yeah. We're going to start wrapping up now, but we're going to wrap up with uh, some quick Q&A from the audience, because we got a lot of questions. Um, so I'm going to start off with um, Janobra84 on Twitter asks, um, any advice on how I can better attack the streams on egoism, ESP? Best score he has is 911,000, but he wants to improve. I think you guys. I, I know. I, I was like, I was so excited for this question because I'm like, Paul is the perfect person to, to answer this question. I'm bad at it. So I think practice always makes perfect. But if you have access to an in the groove cab or like, I mean, if you take a video of yourself playing the song, watching yourself play a song that you need to get better at and improve at, just watching how you're playing and also just kind of maybe slow it down and tap stuff out. I mean, mm -hmm. the more you kind of go and review certain patterns and songs, the more you learn. Um, for me, like to learn a new chart or learn a song or develop the muscle memory, like when I'm playing it, I don't always develop it, mm -hmm. but it really helps for me to go back and like watch a song yeah. or watch me play it. So I think that's something worth doing. Yeah, do your homework. Do your homework. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything specific to egoism, like some a technique you think is specific to egoism? Flat foot. I mean, if mm. if you're playing up on up on your toes, you know, it's. I don't even yeah, think I could work. play the song work. up on my toes. It, like you really need to minimize movement. Um, you know, just work on your form. I, I think with the fast songs, it's really important to remember that if you if you're having trouble doing it at all. It might actually be because you're going too fast, or yeah. or you might need to just be like, okay, just treat the song as if it's way slower than it is, and risk getting a bunch of greats and goods, because it's better to get greats or something than it is to get misses. Yeah. So, for sure. All right. Next question uh, we have from Daryl. Uh, he's asking, what would you like to see in a future DDR console version? What huh. system? Do you think that could ever happen again? It's possible. I, you know, I think they it will. PS4? Yeah, VR. well, VR. I would love Switch DDR. <laughs> VR. VR DDR. VR DDR. It's called DDR. Going to the arcade. Yeah, you use Cloud. Well, I mean, so I was going to bring it up because it's not actually that crazy of an idea because we have Infinitas now, which is the yeah, 2DX. Yeah, that's Cloud. And Sound Voltex. Cloud. Yeah, and Sound Voltex now, too. Yeah, so those are all... Uh, so I think we might see, like, a PC version maybe eventually. It, it seems totally possible. It's just whether Konami feels like they're gonna get a good ROI on their development time. Yeah. If I if I were to put my money somewhere, though, I would say it's definitely gonna be a PC version. For As for what system, not, it's well, not gonna I mean, be Switch. Well, I mean, if you think about it, all the, like, the Xbox One and the PS4 are PCs, so they could just port DDR to those consoles, and it would work. Yeah, but... Well, I guess, yeah, now PS4s have all have internet connections, too, so... Yeah. yeah. I don't know how realistic it is, though. Yeah, it would, it would be nice. Realistic. It's probably not going to happen. 
Yeah, it'd be interesting. Go to the arcade. Go to the arcade. Go to the arcade. <laughs> and yeah. Step Mania. Yeah, well, yeah, machines are cheap. But not not available everywhere, and not everyone has the money. You go to the yeah. arcade? Bring yeah. the arcade to you. <laughs> That's the way to go. So actually, um, we actually got a couple of questions about console versions. So I think, not like... Interesting. There's probably there's actually like a demand out there. I think we're this is it's not just uh, Daryl. There's there's a few people that mentioned console versions. So I think uh, it would be in Konami's best interest to do that. Yeah. So we have another question from Julian Max Ninja 9 on Twitter. Uh, he asks, "What was your favorite community moment?" Oh God. Hmm. So many. Blood Rush dance. <laughs> So many good ones. Explain that. Oh, there's just a there's a video called the Blood Rush Dance. So just just look it up. On yeah, you, I, I shouldn't yeah. even explain it. Just yeah. just watch it. On Blood YouTube. Rush Dance. Yeah, watch it on YouTube. It's great. I mean, that's not my favorite community moment, but like. So for me, actually, I think uh, most recently you weren't even here, and neither were you. Neither were you. But right here at, at Zion Arcade in San Francisco, we did a, a viewing party for KAC to yeah. watch our our boys take on the Japanese people in. In Japan, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say that when we were in Japan, we saw all the viewing parties that were happening. Yeah. Was, it was so yeah. heartwarming. Oh yeah, yeah. Was we were awesome. like really into was it awesome. and rooting everybody on. Yeah, so we got little American flags, and everybody just everybody got really into it. It was a big turnout. It was like almost everybody that we know here in the community uh, showed up, and we all got together watching it. We got so excited with with everything that happened too. The trip machine. Trip I, machine I would say like, KSA is probably my favorite tournament or community moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I. There's, I mean, nothing will compare. I feel like my first KAC experience, nothing's going to compare to that. Yeah. So it's kind of a cheesy answer, but like... But yeah, I'm glad you guys got to see all the, the viewing parties. Yeah. It was like, it was, it was really lit. Yes. I gotta say. <laughs> um, let's see, any other questions do we have? Oh, uh, yeah, we have a question from Muhammad in the chat. Uh, he was asking for, about any ideas for Konami to, on expanding in foreign markets like Malaysia. Don't really know about are, that. Are, but... So are they doing that? I know that there's machines in Thailand. And Singapore. And Singapore. Yeah, I think... This, I mean, if you look at the... Someone made a chart of, like, for KAC, what countries could enter what games. Uh, and so it definitely was... Like, there's a bunch of Southeast Asia uh, stuff listed there, but the check marks weren't all across the board. So mm -hmm. it seems like they're doing some sort of, probably, like, analysis on which markets would be good to move into. Um, it doesn't seem like they're stopping production of anything. Yeah. I wouldn't say that DDR is the most popular thing that Konami is doing, so they're probably like more interested in bringing something like Sound Voltex or 2DX to. It does seem like Sound Voltex is like the the test kind of the test game. Yeah, but... and uh, like I don't, the reason we got DDR in America is I feel like only because like DDR is the only thing that's really taken off mm -hmm. in America in terms of the money games. Yeah, there's always communities, but like 2DX had a home version. In, on USPS 2 and it didn't do well. Yep. And, you know, stuff like Guitar Hero just totally eclipsed it. People were like, if I don't know the song, why would I play your game? Mm -hmm. That's why Guitar Hero just became, like, licensing everyone's popular songs so they could jam out to yeah. uh, whatever. I don't know. To the Fire I think, uh, just on, like, the whole, the entire aspect of them bringing Ace to America, um, obviously they knew but do you think the aspect of like a lot of people making kind of like those pseudo servers to get emus like hook machines up to emus i don't and, know what you're talking about well yeah that, so, that whole jazz you know so in uh do you think they like saw them were like all right well people are starting to do this i mean it's possible in in the chat I'm, I'm seeing that x2 is the latest in malaysia and i think we we all think it's probably pirated so i think that wherever there's places that are pirating stuff is definitely like sh a show of interest yeah. but i wouldn't recommend pirating 
<laughs> but it is it is kind of a signal, I guess, sort of, that there's demand. How else are you going to show us demand for for a product like that? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard. There's no one you can call at Konami and be like, "Hey, can I have DDR, please?" <laughs> I know. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, I don't know. For for those of you in Malaysia, I'd say stay tuned. It's it's expanding in more places, expanding in Europe. So yeah, Europe's a good a good indicator. Yeah, I, I'd say uh, DDR worldwide, 2020. Hopefully. That's my promise. That's my campaign promise. DDR. I mean, 2018, 20th anniversary. That's true. I can't wait for the 20th anniversary. It's yeah. something, something cool is going to happen. They're going to go. So. They're, they better go crazy. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. 20 November. 20th anniversary. Yeah. 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 20 November will be the 20th anniversary. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got for tonight. So uh, thanks everybody for watching, and thank, thank you, you for playing. playing.